Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello and welcome to Get It Off Your Breasts, the podcast that digs into the issues that are really getting under your skin. This week, we are absolutely delighted to be joined by comedian Sarah Pascoe. Hello, Sarah. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us. And we will be discussing over the next hour or so sexual accusations, People buying followers on social media and the pray for hashtags. So um, a whole wide variety there of topics to dig into. And Sarah, as our guest, yes. as our honoured guest, yeah. do you want to tell us first what you like to get off your breasts this week? Well, I think like lots of people, like everyone, there's um, suddenly such a flurry of discussion about um, sexual assaults, um, the abuse of power by um, men t- to women or men to other men. And... Um, and also lots of us trying to work out how to make sure these kind of things don't keep happening. Um, but I think the trouble as well, and it's in terms of the flurry that's come straight out of the Harvey Weinstein thing, is um, how to do it in a really responsible way. Because an irresponsible way is to just say, I heard so-and-so did this, and my friend said so-and-so, or I've, I've always felt a bit weird about that person. So it also feels like this thing that there's this massive opportunity to do something positive but also some really terrible things could come out of it in the same sense because, you know, you can ruin someone's career with the wrong rumour. Like, mm. And once something's been said, you can't take it back. So it's really difficult without... Because not everything can ever be kind of criminally charged or people don't want to come mm. forward. I feel like it's a really potentially positive time, but also it feels really messy. You've got the situation where you really want to believe women yeah to support women and, definitely and, and, and men who come forward with accusations yeah. and to make people feel that if they do have the courage to come forward yeah. and share their stories that they're not going to be accused of making things up what I feel like is like there has to be a way of supporting number one the person who went underwent something and there's a whole spectrum of whether that's a man like uh, one of my friends the other day at a corporate gig a man squeezed her bottom which is something absolutely everyone would have experienced since she was child um but um so this like that kind of thing to much more severe things but i just feel like naming people on facebook isn't the way forward Mm. yeah i saw that there was a google doc that was being shared amongst female journalists recently and i think it got taken down in a private facebook group is that better or is it the fact that it was a google doc that was public yeah i i I don't know how i felt about that it's very very unsettling and and, uh, um very similarly with the female comedian someone sent around an anonymous email saying because I mean, technically we have a union and they haven't gone to the union and the union has failed they've just assumed no one cares no one's doing anything the difficulty with our career is that um, uh, probably like lots of people who are self-employed at the very beginning you're reliant on really good working relationships and sometimes those really good working relationships are with just men who run gigs in above or below pubs and so the very very vulnerable people are usually young women traveling on their own staying over in people's spare rooms having to have a drink with him afterwards and be friendly so he'll book her again for a paid slot so the people everyone's got stories like that but there are some instances that are more extreme but i do think we have to go through we have to set up a structural way of dealing with those things Mm. because often then what happens is 10 years later you're a much more empowered person who doesn't need to play that gig anymore now you want to go on Facebook this man did this thing 
but I feel like it has to be really responsibly done. Well, that you have, I mean, depending what we want the outcome to be, which mm-hmm. is no other women to have that experience. Yes. But then the argument is, or is also like, what men shouldn't be doing it full stop. Yeah. And so that's like the whole thing about like, even like the Jimmy Savile thing. Mm. A lot of people were like, it was different back then. Yeah. Don't dig up the past. And it's like that. That is such a weird thing to say. Well, to Harvey Weinstein was... tried to sell it, and he said, it, you know, it was a 60s, yeah. 70s culture, yeah. and things were different back then. But I think one of the first steps towards achieving what you're talking mm. about is to have education and to have a very clear knowledge, both mm. for women and for men, yeah. of mm. what crosses a line from, for example, someone who thinks they're flirting yes. or just thinks, yeah. I'm trying, you know, I'm mm. just, I'm just trying it on with someone yeah. a little bit like you mm. would. Um, and crossing the line to actually being either harassment or yeah. assault. Or making someone feel intimidated. Mm. Because I think what um, there was a really interesting podcast. Um, a radio DJ in Australia was going around King's Cross in Sydney. And um, she was dressed in a short skirt and a T-shirt. And every time a man shouted at her, she interviewed him about why he'd done it. Mm. And what was really interesting mm. is what she kept coming up with is they were describing what they were doing as fun and a bit of flirtation. And, and, and the women smile and laugh at us. And she goes, do you understand that that's what we do when we're scared? And she had this discussion with a man. It was so fascinating because he said that you're just talking about you. That's not all women. And she was saying, can I describe to you what it's like when Mm. a man shouts at me or touches me without my permission? And he was saying, I think you've had a really bad life. I think it's actually a really good laugh. Because they don't understand. Called Daisy Buchanan, who wrote this piece for the Guardian. I think it was called um, "Why I'm Bored." Why I'm frustrated at how I need to be nice to creepy men. Yeah. Because you're right. That is the reaction when you're scared to laugh it off. Like there's this horrible video. Like literally, you want to rip your skin off watching it on Twitter at the moment. Howard Stern interviewing Emma Bunton like years and years ago. And he's like, when did you start your period? When did you lose your virginity? Oh, Alex like, Stone does that. Like, though, are you yeah. wearing any pants right now? Yeah. And she's laughing. Yeah. But And loads of comments underneath were from men going, oh my God, I've listened to this loads of times. I thought it was fine. But watching her squirm like yeah. that is a different story. Yeah, there's, so also, there's also a real level of embarrassment. So I said this to you guys mm. before we started recording, but I haven't actually said this publicly. And I think pretty much every woman we know mm. has a story. But since the Harvey Weinstein sort of uh, all the all the cases mm. came to light I, I tried to like count how many times I've been sexually assaulted in various degrees of seriousness and I think it was six times mm. and if I look at like the two probably the most serious ones one was a doctor and one was my boss and in both those times I like I look back now and I was obviously young guys between the ages of like 18 and 22 but um which played into mm. why you don't sort of stand up for yourself ascending. But it's mm. also like you're, you're really embarrassed. Yeah. And you're really embarrassed, not only at the time you're embarrassed to say anything, mm. you're also embarrassed to like be the person to be seen to making a fuss. It's and so like not being, not being the cool chick who's yeah. like... Oh, but also it almost, almost yeah. feels arrogant. Like uh, experiences I had when I was younger, I felt, you know, like we were talking actually before we started recording about the people who respond going, no one would want to rape you. Mm. that misunderstanding I some of the time my problem was or the, the reason I would let something maybe go too far is because to say to someone it's not appropriate what you're doing would then to be acknowledged and then they go I'm not ugh, like you see what I mean there's so yeah. but it's really interesting so I I'm like studying and like, trying to learn about the brain and how the, the brain reacts when you're scared especially for women is that the amygdala takes over and basically makes a decision which is quite imprisoning I think everyone's had an experience like my most recent one was on public transport and again it's like, as an adult absolutely I feel like I'm so much more like shouty and confident I could but in this actual instant a man put his hand up my skirt and inside my knickers which is so common like they, mm. um, as in like we all know that that happens on public transport and it, but it just nothing's happened to me for a really long time like since I was in school uniform and I just 
froze. And that's the thing. It's like, I'm in my fucking 30s now. And again, that's victim. You literally victim blame yourself because you then go home and you go, I didn't show it on the train. I didn't go that mad. Is it? He apologised to me as well. He knows what he did. And then he went, sorry. Like, it was, really? Yeah. Because um, wow. it's just like, as everyone was kind of piling onto the train. Just, so it's obviously something he does all the time. And that's, it was so strange, but I had such a physiological reaction. For me, um, I also found, which is a really weird and like complicated thought, but it's that you actually end up empathising and feeling a bit sorry for the guy. And I know that's, like, I don't yeah. want it to someone else. No. So, for example, with Harvey Weinstein's case, yes. or, I mean, God, yeah. the extreme no, of Jimmy Savile, yeah. you just go, oof, no sympathy. But when it happens to me, I ended up thinking, like, oh, God, but, like, this guy has a family, and, like, yes. oh, maybe he's just, like, a bit lonely and yeah. a bit, like, depraved. And you, do, and, and you go, what oh, sequence was I given out? Like, we do, they're victim yeah, blames. and I just think, I don't want to ruin his life, and, oh, God... Mm. But I think it's because I think it's all of, a lot of the confusion comes because we want the world to be a nice place. People who deny what women are talking about a lot at the moment is that these things are happening to everyone and it has to stop and it has to be better. And there's another generation of women growing up and they shouldn't have to part with this. But the people who are saying it's not that bad is because they don't want to believe the world is this bad. Mm-hmm. And I think it's similarly when something happens, you want it to be a mistake mm-hmm. or a one-off yeah. you, because otherwise the world is a much worse place than you thought it was. I also think that like so many problems in the world do link back to this like toxic masculinity thing mm. like I don't know if you've read Grace and Perry's book yeah. but it's I know what you mean about the feeling sorry for men because they well, they are they yeah. are like led down this path of this is what you have to be like and like with Robert yeah. Webb's book yes. about yeah. masculinity yeah. and it's men who are predators manipulate that too yes. so yeah. with the case of my boss for example when it happened he was doing this whole like Oh god, and you make you make an old man so happy, oh, like, gosh. and it kind of and it made me feel a bit sorry for him. Yeah. Like, oh god, I don't. That I shouldn't go yes, into too much yeah. But then the, the next, so basically, what happened is I fell asleep fully clothed yeah. on this bed, yeah. and when I woke up, he had his hand inside my bra, and I just I literally just ran out of the room. Yeah. And I went to a meeting, and I was sitting there, and I was obviously quite yes, like, oh yeah. my god. And he walked in, and in front of about mm. eight people in like a, a meeting, yeah. he walked up to me and went, "You left your earrings in my hotel room last night, and put them on the table in front of me." Oh. And so that yeah. made me just go straight away, like, that was, like, yeah. I shouldn't have fallen asleep on that yeah. bed. Like, yeah. even though, this, this is the thing about people, who, this is the thing about people who take now take pictures of people. So mm. what they do, mm. um, and again, it's to manipulate you, 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 you or the victim, the person, if you're passed out or you've uh, drunk too much, and what they do is they t- take off a piece of clothing, take a picture of you, and then they can use that to bribe Shaming you. Shaming yeah. yeah. Um, and all of those things. So, But that's what he did, literally did with those earrings, is I want them to know, think, and I want you to know. That you had a choice. That's disgusting. That's disgusting. Yeah. That is really But so really how disgusting. do we... So, so how I think it's about how we talk to children, because I think that's what's... So with girls and boys, like, I always think if you have, like, empathy-led sex education, if, 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 if boys, when they were 11 or 12, got to hear from girls from another school talking about what it's like to be in school uniform, be flashed at, or have um, men bibbing their horn and from a lorry and laughing mm. at you I think if they heard that I don't think they'd become men who did that I think mm. this is and I think but I do also think that men and this isn't sympathy this is an acknowledgement of gender construct they are given much more confusing messages than women are given women are giving some really unhealthy messages that we have we are trying to outgrow and change but men are told this real mix of like Men are only safe if they're macho. Still, like, the biggest insult with schoolboys is calling each other gay. Like, there's, there's things that are really, really problematic. You're telling men they have to be really strong to stick up for themselves, to protect women, but also at the same time, I don't think they understand the difference between, like, uh, peacocking and how to be respectful. And I think... And I, think, I, think I don't think they know. And, you know, like, I've... Have you had this online? I've had so many men contacting me going... Why do women only go for bad boys? 
Mm. Like, and they think it's a real thing. Whereas I don't think that's true. In my experience, it's not true. I, well, I think like some women do, and it depends on your experience. My definition of like a real man is is definitely like a real man yes. to me is someone who like believes in gender equality and yeah. is like and like nice. Yeah, but I think people who do go for bad boys because I I I'm slightly guilty of oh, that yeah. a little bit. Not but necessarily bad boys, but maybe slightly dangerous boys. But I, but yeah. I think like. Or, or ones that you know I think it's it's also that slight thing of like I can help this person and save yes. this person and fix this person yeah. which is not particularly tru- healthy I think a troubled person I, I think their mm. idea of a bad boy is like someone on the tri- tri- <laughs> so you know, there's, been a, there's been a couple of like um, spree killers but, but were young men and their anger was like do you remember this boy he was two years ago I think in America and the video he made beforehand is because he was so angry that none of the girls would sleep with him and he was like, I'm yep. so nice, yep. I'm so this. And he was so furious that he couldn't lose his virginity and all these slags were giving it away to these other men who don't deserve mm-hmm. them. There's this entitlement that men are taught about mm-hmm. sex and especially now from pornography that they find really confusing because they every whether it's aggressive or not, all porn tells them that women are receptive and up for it and really enjoy this kind of thrusting sex. Mm-hmm. But they don't have any other narrative to balance it with as and an so, adult should so have. So does it start yeah. with schools and you know parents and actually trying to educate like girls about what the you know about their own bodies and how much you know respecting their own bodies and not feeling that they have to compromise that in any way and boys and about what is the line to cross i think girls it's getting better i think girls are taught a lot more about autonomy Mm. i think i think probably like all of us when we engage with teenage girls i'm so impressed i'm so like oh they're Mm. so on it Mm. i went to a school in peckham and the reason they were having the, the great men initiative went in to do a workshop with them that sets volunteer men who work with boys about masculinity which I think is such an amazing mm-hmm. thing but the reason is because the girls from um, years sort of 10 and 11 wrote an open letter to their headmaster saying someone needs to talk to the boys about pornography like, mm. you, like you can't expect us to deal with this did you see um, yeah. recently um, there was a, a fire um, I think it was a firefighting commissioner um, in a village and he was suspended and it was um it was a female firefighter and she basically said that they started showing pornography she mm. was the only female mm. firefighter and they started showing pornography at the end like thinking it was funny and saying things mm. like oh yeah we, we jizzed in your balaclava and all sorts of things like that and yeah. she reported it and he the guy ended up resigning and 20 other male firefighters resigned in like protest yeah. and now she says she can't walk around she no. gets like coffee thrown yeah, in her face yeah. and yeah. she's become like really vilified for being like you know because she didn't see the joke ruin this guy's life yeah you ruined this guy's life and it was just boys yeah you know boys having a laugh and yeah. you know I you, once, you can't um, take a joke I once, once worked at a pub in Brentwood so I was 18 and the pub was running to a police station the police would come in and um, often I'd be working on my own and they I mean they would have called it all banter but and some of it I really liked like I actually quite like hearing about like dead bodies and stuff like I liked their stories but sometimes they would be really flirty like would you do this and if I was there would you do that and I had one shift where I did that thing you know when you feel physically sick where I was doing the fake laughing Mm. and then I complained about them and mm. then I couldn't work at that pub anymore oh my god the fake it, laughing brings back so many memories yeah. that's why watching them in the Bunton Square yeah, that's it like, and it's a public oh. transport thing this is the thing and I think men would never ever ever have had it if you dare like as a child all, I loved reading so much but I couldn't read at a bus stop because it meant a weird man could come over and sit down next to me what are you reading oh. whenever I've opened a book in public mm. it literally another man now has a chat up line a way in oh my so, god yeah. I know because I love going and sitting in a cafe with a book yeah. and maybe even like yeah. you know get a little drink if it's like yeah. you know past 5pm mm. or something and then yeah apparently that's an invitation to like hi oh you're drinking on your own yeah, oh, do you want to I'm like I'm, I I'm do the, not want I, but again I think the media lies I think they think that a woman on a bar stool <laughs> is like I'm a sex worker free but I'm free yeah 
yeah. so what do we what do we do then because back to kind of your original mm. point that you were saying yeah. like how do we get that balance right whereby women feel that they can come out and and, and say yeah. when they've been assaulted or harassed yeah. where like what, what do we do in I think, terms of I like think, evidence I think, and- I think so one side is maybe sometimes we want to talk about stuff because we want the support so it's not about I need that person to life to be ruined. So I think the, actually the law change is very interesting. So you know that it's always been that a, a victim in a rape case has her anonymity or, and is supposed to have her anonymity. Well, now the law is that the person she is accused has their anonymity as well. Now, lots of it's really complicated. And it's changed. Yeah, so it? I thought this is really fantastic oh. because all the people who always, and it's obviously a very, very small percentage of people who have false accusations, but um, I thought, how great, because no one can ever be. Uh, challenge saying well you're just trying to ruin his life or now his marriage is over it's like no he's got his anonymity nobody need know about this but then apparently the reason the anonymity is bad is because quite often victims come forward when someone else accuses them absolutely yeah Yeah. and so it's really tricky but for example like I never named and shamed what happened to me but if I saw someone else now Mm. doing it I probably would come forward to back them up because A you feel braver B you feel like you're not carrying the weight of ruining their life and also you want to support that woman I I think having Mm. a plan for next time this is the really tricky thing especially when stuff is really historical I feel like the first thing is support that person if they're coming forward no matter what they need and as we all know there's not that much but maybe as a community first thing is supporting people who have gone through traumatic things and making them stronger but then also having a working kind of strategy in place so now what do we do when that happens Mm. how do we deal with the hand on the leg how do we deal with the saying slightly inappropriate things but um, like Mm. all of these different ways but within safety and parameters and is there are there organisations we can talk to like okay it's my boss but it's this and I don't want to make it worse Mm. or I, I don't and the other thing is like and this is what's so horrible about when people are horrible to people who don't speak out is everyone knows what it's like when it will literally affect your livelihood and we're all yeah. so disposable all of us men and women but the minute a, you're a troublemaker it might not be that day mm, but later three months on. time yeah there's also a real authority thing so it is this idea of people who are in positions of power mm. which was really clear with the harvey weinstein and especially mm. when you hear this awful, that awful tape where he's kind it's of really pressure it's yeah. chilling and you know if you look at like a boss or I you know I had another case with a doctor and again it's someone that you're meant to trust mm. and it's a position of authority and you don't want to challenge those people because you feel like you're going to just look like a total idiot and actually what's really weird about medical so talking about the whole evidence side mm. I did try and report the doctor he basically yeah. took his gloves off during an oh, internal oh, exam oh, and the, the cradle oh, style oh, and I was 18 so I just yes. was like freaking out yeah. anyway I tried to report it and I went to the doctor mm. and did you know so if your doctor something like that happened mm. you have to write a personal letter to that doctor telling him what you think happened then he has to write a personal letter back mm. to you explaining his actions and only then if you don't accept it can it go forward and when you've gone through something like that you don't want any contact no. with that person and I think no, like those not. kinds of things do need to change the NHS doesn't have a complaints procedure at all so that's the thing mm. that's what that is that's not a complaints procedure there isn't someone else going okay we'll take this on board they do that to protect themselves mm. yeah and it's such yeah. a weird culture we live in when you think it's normal when they're like do you want a female or a male on masseuse mm. on your spa break mm. and you're like why is that even a question? But I'd definitely say so, female, yes, please. Yeah. But all these things that we're talking about as well, they're not just to protect women, they're also to protect men. Yes, like, you know, yeah. a doctor having a female present when they yes, do an exam, yeah. or, um, you know, a guy knowing very, very clearly what is the line between, um, yeah. you know, just trying it on and actually well, abusing their power or harassing really amazing, um, In Juno Dawson's book, there's something so incredible. So before she transitioned, she had an experience with on a, a date with a very, very pushy man, and it reads like any of the stories that all of us would have had in terms of... 
And it's the first time I've really read a fantastic description of a man also feeling that thing where you're slightly powerless when they're that much bigger than you. Mm-hmm. And that's the fear thing of like oh, trying to get yeah. away from it, but knowing you literally you can't throw them off you. No. That, that and like of- when Leah Seydoux wrote that piece about Harvey Weinstein, mm-hmm. um, she really does say like he's a big guy. Yeah, he yeah. can throw you for a wall. He's a big guy yeah. physically. And mm-hmm. then add to that the, the power, the yeah. influence, mm-hmm. the you know, your entire career and also all these other factors mm-hmm. we've talked about. And it wasn't just women. There were men who admitting now that they were told, I think Colin Firth yeah. has admitted and said how ashamed he is that he was told yes. by a woman. And they don't have yeah. the in them to go and, you know, expose that either yeah. because it's that kind of just pressure and the power of someone like that and adds yeah. that the physical presence. You I just can't even imagine. good thing, I do think, and I don't know if you agree with mm. this, but I, and I'm an optimistic person, but I feel like the, the tide has changed. I do feel like this is marking a bit of a change because yeah. you, we've got these like A-listers, whatever, who are publicly speaking mm. out and I just think, this has never happened before, has it? No. Where people have all I gone hope, out on That's mass. what I hope. With, with the Jimmy Savile thing, and they were like, this cannot happen again, I think there's a couple of still high-status people that you wouldn't leave your sister in a room alone with. Mm. And people don't know about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, oh, I think Donald so. fucking yeah, Trump. Donald Trump is, is, yeah. There's loads of videos. Well, that's it. The so same that's as what, all so, the rest so of these So guys. Naomi Wolf's thing about Donald Trump was really interesting. Um, so in her book, she talks about how um, that you would think that would lose a president election, grab her by the pussy, but because it was a sign of power and he's mm. trying to be a powerful politician. And she said, there's so many disenfranchised men in America. They were like, he's doing the thing that all of us want to be allowed to do. He gets, and, and that's why it wasn't an election losing thing. But don't you think also it was that they said, well, he was just, he was, he wouldn't actually act on that. He yeah. was just saying it as to show off yeah. and bands. I just want to ask you actually, Sarah, and you absolutely don't have to answer this, but yeah. I was just interested because obviously there was a bit of furore because James Corden made some jokes about oh, yes, Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. And a lot of people were saying by doing that, it's almost like taking away what these women have gone through. And I, also, I thought done. he was in a lose lose situation. Mm. James I thought Corden. That was yeah, I, I, so so I think James Corden is already quite an unpopular figure in the UK. So look, so already he was damned if he did and damned if he didn't. He is, we all know, a very very funny person, but he didn't have very. Look, do you know what? It wasn't Chris Ross, Chris Rock at the Oscars. He didn't get that chance to go right. Here you are. We've spent a week with the best writers in the country, and we're on point, morally correct, and hysterical. So it's just cheap jokes. Mm. If they'd been really really funny and they'd felt empowering then it would have been so fantastic. And I imagine in two days they would have been. Do you think it's too soon as well? No, I think really good jokes... I just don't think it were funny. But it, but it also they felt were, like... He it, said, he said it was, they didn't make logical sense. He was going, Harvey Weinstein would... Tonight's so beautiful, Harvey Weinstein would take it out. And you go... Like, mm. And then the bit where he says, if away. you don't like it, you better leave. Yeah, but that I, that I just weird. Weird. But I think like, he couldn't come in a plant pot it was just it was just they weren't very good jokes but that whole yeah. thing that the whole Donald Trump defence when mm. he got caught on tape talking about grabbing women mm. by the pussy and he said well that's local and talk and blah, blah, blah. and I felt like in a way by what James yes. Corden was doing like obviously he's not, yeah. not, not doing anything like what Donald Trump's no. doing but he was reducing these assaults to Punchline. Just banter, no, banter again. As if he had said, I don't believe, and most people don't believe, James Corden is shocked by these allegations. I don't think he's cried about it. I don't think. They're friends, aren't they? I don't think he feels weird. I don't think he's. So, so he's not the kind of person. If he'd come out and he had, and he just were, it's weird to be doing a show tonight. It's weird to be making jokes about Hollywood because sometimes it's turned upside down and all of us had the blinkers off mm-hmm. and to find out it's this many people and it's that horrible. And I just want to have it a second to say how much, how brave everyone is and how I know that you have our support in this room and everyone would have clapped 
Mm. And, and then he'd gone, and we did, I did invite Harvey Weinstein here tonight to see this, but he couldn't, he couldn't come. I'm nominating you to host yeah. the Oscars. <laughs> 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 no, but that's like, if he said that, he'd have got loud applause, then his joke would have been um, applicable. Because yeah. the other thing was that all of the, they were saying none of these guys is... I, I reckon James Corden would have been in the back of a car. All of the night show hosts haven't dealt with Harvey Weinstein yet. I've got a gig tonight. I'm going to open with them. So let's mm. just write some jokes in the car. And, and he won't have written those jokes. So I just think it's a, I think it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't. But I do think all of those people, that's what they should be saying. But they're so scared because, yeah. Mm. Because cause they will all, if he, yeah, they are all risking upsetting other very powerful people connected. Mm. Mm. God, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, he should have done what he said. Like, that would have been weird. Yeah. And also, yeah. it probably would have... If someone's going to make mm. a joke about it, in a way, it should be a female comedian, person, yeah. I think. No, I just I, don't know I, if it's I, the right... I, I, got I, 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 don't, I don't think know, it's the right person. I think it's strong, it, though. No, but I still think it's strong for a man to say, I'm disgusted. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm just, yeah. I am, as a, as a human being, mm. disgusted that, that, that my... Uh, the people I work yeah. with work in a, in a different world to me and sometimes I don't realise and that's why they call it male privilege and that's why it's called it white privilege yeah. and that's why these things exist and it's good to be reminded and crazy also, why I didn't yeah. realise how many people didn't like James Corden because oh. it was like a public shaming fest yeah but that's why we down to do pictures think, of him and Harvey Weinstein together yes, hugging yeah. pictures of him from the videos of him from the yeah. Glamour Awards back in the yeah. day but then to be fair there's photos of everyone having had yes. Harvey Weinstein yeah. including the woman who've accused him of and he's, he's yeah. admitted to assaulting because yeah. he was at know, parties and there's always as you know those people are always circling round and you do you fake smile or, or you just mm-hmm. mm, by the person yeah. also did you see that little clip that went viral of Courtney Love mm. oh that was that was quite at the unbelievable yeah. yeah anyway yeah um, yeah I, I, just on James Corden it's a tall poppy syndrome I think it's a sh- I, I think it's unfortunate because he is damned whatever he does mm-hmm. Gosh, wow. The other, um, yeah, we could, we could talk about this for the whole hour. Yeah, also, this is the importance of talking about stuff in real life, not on Twitter. Because I never join Insta because I feel like it's so short and then it sounds like you're angrier than you are. When yeah. so much stuff is like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I just wish it wasn't... All today, all I've wanted is like, to put all of the women in the world in my womb. Yeah. <laughs> like, just like, just like, get them all in there. We're getting very full in there, Sarah. Yeah, I was like, okay, you're all in there now. Um, this so is like literally, this podcast it. should yeah. just be called, like, we don't know. <laughs> we don't know. We don't have a yeah. We don't have a clue. But yeah. We'll talk about it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, my, I think, well, changing tack yes. completely, a little bit more lighthearted. Mm. Fake people on social media, essentially. Yeah. Um, so, I've discovered this app mm. slash website, and listeners, feel free to check it out. But it's called Social Blade, mm-hmm. and essentially, you can go on it, and it's meant to be there so that you can see how many followers you've got. Because you know, on Instagram, it's just like K if you've you know you've got thousands thousand, of followers. Yeah. yeah. It's just rounds it up yeah. so it's meant to be for like social media professionals so you can like, find out to the exact 32 yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. like only oh, no, 31 yeah um, and also how many followers you're getting per day if you mm. care and so you can monitor like what's successful and what's oh, not okay. successful and I, I find it quite useful actually except for when I'm like lost 10 followers today the one thing you don't want to do is get so far down the tunnel of you're manipulating it for an extra two followers yeah exactly yeah, yeah. I don't think people unfollow sometimes when it's too like family orientated but anyway um, on this app you can sort of you can find out if people are buying followers and mm. because you can see like a massive spike and also you can see if people like go on a massive following spree and then mm. unfollow everyone but then what if for example so like sometimes something happens and this is this is going to sound really mm. named on people but like 
a member of a boy band followed me and mm. because of that like I got a mass like I got oh like, yeah yes, no it yeah. takes into so, account so what like if that. like you're just someone who like or, or like for example something happened you were on TV one day and then suddenly you got a spy sounds like you've got a lot of excuses for your spikes <laughs> no, so no, 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 no. because I just wonder because I feel like this is gonna like if, if the no, people are gonna that, start when like, yeah, someone, they're gonna start now like yeah. all excusing each other of stuff mm. and someone's like I just did a really cool radio show yes, or yeah. I don't know well no it's more you definitely get spikes and um and that you can understand why but it basically shows if someone is mass following mm, like yeah. a, I don't know like uh, Turkish accounts do you know what I mean so, so okay. to, like with the fake followers then so I don't even understand that so do people what are they so you, buy, you, you buy you buy bots yeah and they're just bots so people just start them all up so they can sell them to other people oh you buy bots I thought you bought real people I don't really know what human trafficking I don't really know so computer programs can start accounts can't they because that's why everything says tick if you're not a robot and you think oh. but then, I think, I think yeah. what it is on this app is you yeah. can see so for example if tonight you went on the app and you saw that I just followed 5,000 people mm-hmm. from another country yeah. who have like Usernames that would that be a thing that you'd pay to do, and so then I would then unfollow those five thousand mm. people next week. But then, yeah. like those people would follow me back. Okay. And there's been there's well. been quite a lot of um, sort of pop stars and people like that who've been accused of really? buying like a million followers. And, and why do they do that? They do yeah. that. Do they look so. They, so the purpose of doing it then is what advertising. So there was a documentary a while ago called like Click Farm. I yeah. think it was called, and it was big brands who would make a Facebook page. Yeah. Um, say for example like a new company they would buy yeah. like 3 million fans yeah. of Facebook fans yeah. all people just like clicking through mm-hmm. um, like an agency where they would set up fake accounts yeah. and follow and then basically as a consumer you would go oh what's this oh it's got 3 million fans I better follow it mm-hmm. and so then you'd start I, I, know, like, I, never, I never feel that way I but also can I like yeah. producers these days and like commissioners mm-hmm. they do look at your followers mm-hmm. so for example if you go to a meeting to pitch mm-hmm. someone they'll sometimes I've been asked mm-hmm. well, how many yes, followers yeah. have you got so I actually think like it's actually like there's a lot of pressure on people especially if you're trying to make your way up there's a lot of pressure to be appear to be popular perhaps before you've had a chance to really prove also with the other medias uh, suffering because of online so like with TV they do really care about online mm. stuff and that's yeah. why they tr- keep trying to put YouTubers in TV programs because they have, think that people are going to suddenly start watching television again <laughs> but, even, but yeah. even people like um, I think um, if, I've, if I've got the, the people wrong mm. then excuse me sorry don't want to libel anyone but I think like Katy Perry Justin Bieber like even mm. people that are already hugely popular they saw they had bought like a couple of million or something I had like they? that yeah really? and they obviously just wanted to look like it's like the more popular you look like that breeds yeah. more fans like you were saying yeah. so then you'll get more and the record companies will like push it more and then you'll get more people thinking like oh I should you know this yeah. is well, they're and they're also competing against each other yeah, yeah. Course, and that's like, obviously yeah if you've got Lady Gaga you don't want to be 10 million behind yeah, yeah. but there was, a, there was an example of it a while ago essentially this person had bought like 100,000 followers or, or done this bot mm. follow thing which I haven't explained very well but mm. whatever this company this shoe brand like really well known shoe brand like basically put her on a billboard yeah. like on Times Square being like mm. this amazing influencer on Instagram yeah. and then it came out that she had fake followers mm. and that brand has spent like loads of money on her but in a way I think good for her yeah. like she's, she's really, really? Yeah, yeah like part of me thinks yeah. like 
you know what she's she's competing in a world where everyone's so obsessed with online following and she's just like she's used her initiative and her nows to go you know what I'm going to make this happen for me and I'm going to you know I haven't got those followers I'm going to do it and be a bit savvy and in a way I sort of think like high five to you you've like pulled one over on that brand but then and you've done it then who's the loser in the end though because then they find out she's got fake followers and then no one trusts her in the industry well, she's ever still again. got those shoes <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe because I really believe in like kind of slow and steady wins the race like I think you should like build build up a mm. real group of people whether that's like 200 people mm. or 10 people or 2,000 people I think that's the thing about it, chasing it like a numbers game and this is why, I, why I'm glad none of these things existed when I was at school I was very unpopular at school this is the kind of thing that would have really bothered me if people didn't want to be my online friend mm. I'd have been very aware of that I think that must be very hard and then I think Mm. and then you imagine that slippery slope and you get a dopamine hit when you get any, any when you hit any target you get a dopamine hit in your brain and it's really wonderful and obviously it's a pleasure circuitry and, and stuff online it sets it off all the time it's things like new followers getting like when you have a, and yeah. when suddenly a tweet's been retweeted a lot mm. and, and for all of us that's a different amount but you can't mm. help being like oh I'm having a blowing up online today <laughs> you can't help yeah. it and that's dopamine and that's the other side of it is you feel like you don't want these people wasting their lives away checking numbers and mm. but that's the thing so Emma I kind of like in a way I do I, I agree with you on what you're saying about it's not great and you know it's disingenuous but I don't think the individuals doing it aren't, are the ones to blame if that makes sense I think like the pressure on mm. them don't to look popular yeah. and whether it's like you know a young person who wants to just look like they've got loads of mates yeah. or it's someone who's trying to like get a record label to actually pay attention to their single and yeah. therefore wants to look like they've got loads of followers exactly don't hand play the head yeah I, that's it yeah I, I forgive that i understand the reason for doing it you know like how monkeys make themselves look much bigger and they're like in the bush to scare off the other monkeys like, you kind of feel like you kind of feel like a bit sorry for them like you're okay you have to pretend you're this guy but maybe yeah. that's the world that we live in now yeah. what's gonna happen Emma? are they gonna like do like a list like a name and shame list then like well i think i think that the industries are gonna wise up to it and like you know mm. i'm sat at home on this app like you know festering in my anger but like yeah. you know like you say people are allowed these people to exist with their fake lives online and you know for example i do quite a lot of travel writing i feel very Mm. privileged that i get to do that and then these pr companies from big travel luxury travel brands are like oh let's send that girl to go and stay for free for 10 days in this wellness mm. retreat where she's gone and bought loads of followers yeah. you know that company are losing their money yeah. until they wake up mm. to it mm. like we shouldn't really care so isn't that the same though as back in the day like before we had online mm. media do you remember the episode of Sex and the City and Samantha decided to launch her boyfriend he was like an actor and he was in some like shitty little fringe play and she decided to like make a fake buzz around him and she was like I'm going to make you a famous actor and so she basically got like fake paparazzi to come down like put a red carpet like and basically kind of act as if he was already famous and because of that then the press were like who's this guy so in a way isn't like doing that with the followers isn't that the kind of like modern way of faking the kind of yeah and doing like that you know I mean I've heard of a few people doing it where they they pay like fake paparazzi to come and like when they walk to a club like go yeah and then and then the other paps go oh who's that and then it kind of spreads like wildfire when they used to actually sell cassettes and records they were people on motorbikes who went around to all of the record shops and bought them so people went to number one like that was how people used to chart in music and the art world they do yes, in the art I world they it. buy each other's artwork and they, they oh, the push price the price up, up. Yeah. I hear things about the publishing industry as well like you know someone will buy the top spot mm. on the charts 
Not books as well. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> the world is fake. So forget fake news, it's fake yeah. books. So yeah. essentially what you're saying is like buying your followers to give you a little boost and then maybe that might turn something organic yeah. as actually just doing a bit of a Samantha Jones on, I know your, someone, on your life. I know someone and I won't name and shame them. And she's the only person I know that's done this who she wants, she did a, had a short stand-up clip and she paid a company that helped you make it go viral and it did go viral and it was a brilliant clip. So, and Ooh, it, so, so, yeah. it, so it, actually, I got I got um, approached because I did a TEDx talk yeah. and it had like two views. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you buy two views, Emma. Yeah. Literally, like no one watched yeah. it. I was like, okay, because mm. te- on the TEDx channel, which has seven million yeah. followers, because they put so many up a day, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. go to those seven million like mm. algorithm. So I was like, oh, great, like. 71 views a yeah. month in yeah. and this woman emailed me she was like hi I just saw your TEDx talk um, really enjoyed it um, basically my company can make that have millions of hits yeah. are you interested and I deleted it so because I, I, I just feel like the way I see this is yeah fair game yeah buy yourself some followers blah blah yeah. blah but I wouldn't be able to sleep at night yeah. like I want to know that every single person who has yeah. enjoyed my work yeah. Enjoyed so it. there's um, in the Fountainhead, which I know is obviously a very right wing book, but what she says is really fantastic that there's two kinds of architect. But I think it goes for anything creative. She's like, there's the kind of person who wants everyone think to know that they built the building, and there's the kind of person who just wants to build their design, and they don't care if someone else takes the credit, but they mm. needed to make the thing. And I think that's the thing is, we do what we do because the process is so enjoyable mm. not the whole not like, for the credit yeah yeah but no thanks guys that's made me think of it in a slightly uh three-dimensional way because mm-hmm. i just thought it was you know wrong i think it's easier when it's not your quite your industry in the same way mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah so um what i wanted to get off my breast is also in the online world but a slightly different um angle and, and this kind of annoys me but maybe you guys will also mm. throw some yeah. light on this mm. to make you feel better about it whenever there's a disaster whether it's a natural disaster or a terrorist attack and people jump online and do the hashtag pray for so mm. pray for london pray for berlin pray for Pal- paris um mm. and i just find like number well there's so many things about it that bother me like Firstly, I feel like not everyone is religious in this world, and the whole like the fact that you have to the way to show you care is to do the pray for. Um, Secondly, I feel like as someone who is in that kind of moment of the disaster, and whether you've lost a loved one or you're injured or whatever else, like, do you really want people to pray for you, or do you want them to take action? And I think by writing pray for, you almost like let yourself off the hook and go, I've done my bit, I've shown I care to the world, Mm -hmm. and actually, rather than putting a pray for Portugal or whatever else, like like try and actively find an organisation on the ground who you can mm. support who you can if you can't you know donate money yourself maybe you can yeah. tweet to your followers yes. and let yeah. them know um, or maybe you can volunteer mm. um, for example with Grenfell like don't pray for Grenfell go down volunteer like mm. find a way to help and I just think it lets people off the hook in that way and also like the third thing that annoys mm. me about it is I feel it kind of creates like a hierarchy yeah. of um, like tragedies yeah. so for example like often when it's um, something that happens for example like in Pakistan mm. or um, in Somalia as yeah, it happened recently this week, yeah. um, it, it'll be like not trending as pray yeah. for it but when it's in like Europe so when it's like one of our neighbours and you know yeah. you understand that in a way because like, well, when it's close to you it kind of hits home people, but can't, same, people can't help but empathise like if it happens in New York it's like it could have been me they're just like me absolutely and they don't, and they don't, people don't have that I do mm. get that and I do understand that and I think yes. it's like a really natural like if it happens like, around the corner for me I would but it's still a thing to note to go even, all, all, even those of us who don't consider ourselves racist 
have selective empathy <laughs> like yeah. even even so i think it's really good to be aware of it because mm. if someone looks it's not just how close they are it's also mm. if they look like you it's also so. if you've been there on holiday it's also yeah. if it's the kind of place all of these things factor in if they speak mm. english like i think australia is really far but we'd yeah. probably be Absolutely. more shocked but i think yeah the whole pray for hashtag mm. does sort of hi- really highlight and sort of make transparent how that there is that hierarchy of what we we're saying of yeah. like neighboring tragedies my dad always used to say about so um my mom is, is an empath right um, and my mom because I think some people this is one tiny thing I'd say some people would put the hashtag pray for you and also do something mm-hmm. it isn't for everyone but I know what you mean that thing about I've done my bit pat on the back because I think it's much more about being seen to care than it is about caring but other people would go this I can't I can't understand how this happened at Renfell in London in this day and age pray for everyone involved and then they could still do things it wouldn't be like mm. full stop Mm. solved yeah but my my mum my mum's always really cried at the news right so my mum is someone who feels the world's pain she feels it and it's genuine and whether it's babies or whatever it is the world the world the world my dad who's a much colder person and he used to hate it and he used to go when people cry they're always crying for themselves they're not crying for people mm-hmm. like and he said and then my dad said it's cathartic when your mum cries about the babies in Africa and then she gets up she goes to bed nothing's done and that's what his problem is like you shouldn't feel better but you know what I, I have problem. to say, like, there's yeah. something I agree in that. No, that's when, what I mean. I, there's, there's, there is something. When we yeah. first, when we, when I went to Calais um, with a, a charity yeah. that I co-founded, and when we first turned up there, and some of the people I did, and I'm not criticizing mm. them at all because I cry at the news, yes, and yeah. I, I cried today. <laughs> I, I cried yes. at the Woman of the Year lunch today, and I, yeah. I think it is probably yeah. a bit about me too. But when I was there, and there were people crying, part of me just thought, these people who are here now, like, your tears are not helping them, and actually they're being really really strong they've been yeah. through so much yeah. and they're sitting there holding it together mm. and actually rather than crying like just sit there look at it mm. absorb how awful the situation is and do something positive mm. like yeah. find a way to help yeah. a friend of mine went on a charity trip recently actually with I think they're called One World or One mm-hmm. um, but it was to I think it was to somewhere in Africa but basically the, the people there just said you're going to see some things today do not cry in front of the do mm. not cry because it's yeah. actually it's actually quite offensive. Yeah, can you imagine someone coming to your flat and turning up crying? No, but yeah. also, yeah, there's a there's a kind of like uh, it's feeling sorry for it. people, like misery tourism. Yeah, which, which and, I, and again, it's very difficult because I'm not saying they're bad people. They're not going. I'm an evil person who's going to do this thing. It does come from a good place, but it's still the wrong thing, mm. and it still involves us and them and superiority. I think with all those kind of, I find that even when a celebrity dies, right, I I instantly shut down because I feel like there's such ownership. Mm. it's like oh I even if it's they haven't met the person it's like my first experience of watching this person on the television I'm heartbroken yes, I'm I, so I, heartbroken and this yeah. person for me was the person or, oh no not this person this, and I find all of it the collectiveness of it I actually find really scary like it's like group think in mm. all world like, there's something about it where I feel like Twitter's like shouting out of the window like be careful like what will you shout yeah. what would you actually shout out to everyone to yeah. hear like I'm having a nice chocolate cake to yeah. cheer myself like there's all these things and I think the same about when people die Ricky Gervais always says it's like shouting into a bin oh yeah well that's Nick, like, Nick Cohen said that. he said it about shouting to a bucket your opinion yeah. so, so shouting to a bucket so with us, but then do you yeah. think it's a bit narcissistic that that's our reaction sometimes like um, I, I mean I know it's it's well meaning but when I saw a lot of things after the Manchester bombing was yeah. oh I was at that mm. arena oh, how seeing a 
yeah. last week. Yeah. No, no but that is, that, is, that is making it about you. And I, yeah. I think what you were yeah. saying there about, you know, when, when famous people die, sometimes it does affect you. So, mm. like, I know this is, like, probably the same mm. for almost everyone listening to this, but when Bowie died, like, I yeah. was genuinely, like, because <gasps> yeah. I've just grown up loving mm. him, admiring him, and listening to his music. But I think there's a big difference between going on social media and going, like, I can't, you know, I can't believe it when yeah. the world has lost an, yeah. an icon, you know, thinking of his family yes, and friends yeah. at this time, and going... I'm so heartbroken yeah. because also, I you know am, this, yeah. I I remember my first time when I heard the music and they did mm. this for me and I, I just think you're right and yeah. it's like that making it about you is, but, it, but is then a bit also, of I don't like the people who then say on social media I wish everyone would stop doing it because I also would never do that like I also understand Hey it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith co-star of my upcoming film If only in theaters May 17th Do you want to tell people the big news all right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. That in terms of actually when you are heartbroken and it's someone you don't know yeah. you also want to just talk to other people about it mm-hmm. and say it's just this and I'm putting it out there and then they come back so I also have no right to be annoyed but I do think I do think there's competitive empathy yeah. I think sometimes so my thing not isn't that pray for hashtag it's when people do petitions on Facebook because that's one of my very what like, they kind of click and yeah, that's add your name to it mm-hmm. and there's certain people who do lots of them and I think it doesn't make people engage with issues properly I feel mm-hmm. like proper conversations of going to work going oh did you know there's this man on death row and um, actually he's this and actually Theresa May has never asked him back and actually Boris Johnson but if you actually talk to people then but I think those petitions that's my one where I think well, you think you've done something yeah. and it's not and it's not which doesn't mean they shouldn't exist And they, but that's not it's not I'm such a good person I've done three petitions today so what do you think yeah. the social media etiquette should be when something horrendous happens because mm. I find it's really difficult when you're in this industry where like you do need to like promote your work and do this mm. and shout about that you know do you, do you go on a three day silence do you put like on Instagram there was the trend of putting a blank picture yeah. up to mm. show that you're like not posting I think yeah. so like you said there like everyone posts it differently and mm. if you do genuinely feel touched by the loss and of I, someone you just know or by a tragedy uh, yeah. that you know no one should tell you off for that no but I do think like just kind of thoughtlessly putting hashtag pray for this mm. which isn't really doesn't feel like there's much I'm not right. adding right. an sometimes action sometimes it's so lazy it's just like oh my god just heard pray for it and it actually feels flippant and I do that yeah. thinking of yeah. the family I just feel like saying something is better mm. but then do you think it's like you know not to like you know yeah. plug what you've done mm. but you started a hashtag help refugees mm. and it helped re- yeah. refugees yeah and it was you know it, that kind of happened by accident in a way and people linked into that but I do think like it kind of goes back to what you were saying Sarah and I don't want to criticise people because yeah. some people are 
you know, do believe in, in God and they do believe mm. that by praying for someone it will help. And I actually had yeah. a friend who offered for something recently that yes. happened to me and said, you know, can, would you mind if I pray for you? And she actually wants yes. to actually pray. Yeah. And I said, absolutely not. Like, yeah. you know, and who knows? Like, I'm open-minded and maybe yes. it'll help. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, I think maybe it goes back right. to what you said about like, add, adding on to mm. it what to do. Yeah. So it's like, you know, and maybe people, for example, in Grenfell Tower, yeah. when that awful fire was happening, mm. maybe some of them are religious and uh, would actually appreciate to pray for them. Yeah. But mm. say pray for them and what can I do to help? Yeah. Yeah, because you're right, if I pray, if you, if you don't have any religion, it's like, it's, I've got lots of friends that are into crystals, and it's like if they were doing hashtag rose quartz for Grenfell, <laughs> <laughs> like, which uh, some people in Grenfell would be like, lovely, because everything's burned. <laughs> I, think, I think the thing yes, is, all yes. it's always about yeah. the people That's who are going exactly through it, isn't yeah. it? It's, it's, it, you yeah. have to think in your head and actually, about the people yeah. in that crisis, not about you and what's going to make you feel better, but yeah. what's going to help them. And yeah, also maybe the like maybe there's also it's levels like a trifle. So you have five million people saying hashtag pray for, one million donating a fiver, two hundred thousand getting more involved, and then you have an actual kind of two thousand people really literally doing things. But they're kind of propelled by the energy of the whole country is looking at you. And I guess that's what we get with social media now, which before we didn't like you had the World Cup and Princess Diana's wedding but they weren't collective events Mm -hmm. like this and this is why I feel like it's very easy to tweet and feel like you've done something because it's there and it's just like Mm. press enter and it's posted and you've done something and this is why I feel like with um, voting I I don't know how you feel about this but I can't wait for the day where we can vote online because the amount of young people who are tweeting and posting and Facebooking and Snapchatting but they're probably not going down to the ballot office because you know it's weird to write on a piece of paper and I hope young people are. I know that yes. the numbers are increasing, yeah. but I feel like if you matched up the amount of tweets about politics mm. to the actual votes, I think there'd yeah. be a massive disparity. Absolutely, yeah. yeah but um, yeah, it's becoming more and more elaborate. But maybe the whole that's grateful be- thing. Yeah. There's lots of like artists' drawings mm. um, that get shared on yes. social media. Yeah. And it's like beautiful imagery mm. and beautiful pictures. But like you say, that's not helping. But you know what? There are some that I think have been really strong, and there's some that, again, I'm mm. probably doing it, yeah. probably crying for me, not them, but yeah. that have like hashtags that have started out of a tragedy that have really like touched me and made me cry. So, mm. like, um, for example, I think something I I'm trying to remember what exactly it was, but it happened in Australia. Yeah. Um, I think there was a terrorist attack, and um, there were Muslim women in particular who were saying that they felt nervous yes. to travel on the tube yeah. because they were feeling like they were yeah. going to be um, victimized or attacked. Um, just for being Muslim mm. and people started a hashtag I think it was I'll, I'll ride with you yeah. and it was um, people basically it yeah, started with someone yes. genuinely yeah. saying like if you're feeling scared if you want to travel if you want yeah. to get on the bus tell me where to meet mm. you and I will ride with you and protect you mm. and that started trending and that was beautiful and again there's these open door ones you know if you need a cup of tea mm. my door's open and I think that's those kind of thing, like, yeah. Yeah. I think that's what's interesting what actually what you're saying isn't there's no problem with hashtags there's no problem with communal outpouring of emotion there's no problem with us things where they're far away or, but it's about don't be lazy lazy with it be thoughtful yeah, yeah. you're just going and be thoughtful of the people going the trouble through with that, it that hashtag is sometimes it seems like I don't know how engaged you are whether you just want everyone to go like tick I've done it mm-hmm. I always think that about wearing poppies as well because I think some people really 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 care about the issues of what the poppy charity does and stuff. but it's weird on TV they don't let you go on without a poppy if you're mm. a pacifist you still have to wear one mm. and if you don't wear one you get really really angry men with flags in their pictures <laughs> like shouting at you about why <laughs> so, and I've, I've always had a thing where I don't want to wear a poppy because I 
I, I really, really don't believe in killing people from other countries, but I, also, but I do donate to charities that support older people, so I feel like that's my thing, but they don't let you not wear them. Yeah. Like, really have I got news for you and stuff that you have to wear it, and you just have this huge conversation, they go, it's basically costume and you have to wear it, because they won't, don't want to get the flack if you haven't. Wow, so you could have done something, like you have actually done something else. Yeah, or, or you've, I've just thought about it and gone, we just do these things thoughtlessly, and it's, n- it's not to take away anyone who's conscripted into the war, but I personally... <laughs> Don't, we kill people from other countries. It's murder. It's mm-hmm. legitimized murder. And this is why I wouldn't be a good prime yeah. minister. Because yeah. <laughs> so we would be completely defenceless. But but it's I, I've had a, a thought out thing. Whereas it's just quicker to go. It's too quick. And you stick your poppy on. And mm-hmm. so it's about. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's about. It's yeah. about being thoughtful about things yeah. basically is yeah. what it comes down to it's about yeah, I think so there's stuff now that means that we too quickly we can go yep bib, I press the button yeah because yeah. I was reading something the other day about George Michael because there's a new documentary out and he um, he donated to charity a lot and mm. Kirsty Young has come out recently saying like he never told anyone all of these charities yes. he's donated to yeah. but I'm going to say on yeah. his behalf all of this money that he's donated because I feel like I want people to know that about my yeah, family. And that so, woman, do you remember that you saw there was a woman on Deal or No Deal and yeah. she didn't win the money and she, what she said she wanted it for IVF and he anonymously oh. gave it to her and she only found out after he died. Also in this yeah. interview that Kirstie Young did, it's like so the last time interview he did, I think it was, um, she was saying how much he loved TV because he invited like Richard and Judy to his parties oh, and stuff. Really? But it's, it's really amazing and, and also loved Kirstie Young through like watching her on TV. Yeah. They became friends. But I just thought there's something really interesting in that like do we need to do more things anonymously and just feel like do why do we need to put it on instagram why can't we just donate there was a time and there was um some people sleeping rough and Mm. i'd left work in leicester square and it was late Mm. and i i found that there was a number you can call Mm. for i think it's the oh yes mongos and they will potentially come and find a person so i did that street link and but it's under charity and that's what they always want anyone who's actually rough sleeping yeah they go they come at nine in the morning so so that's so that's the time and if they've moved unfortunately and they'll let them know that there's a place so i so i did that i sat in my car and i called the the number and i told Mm. i said there's people sleeping here etc and then i thought about it and I was like, should I post about that? Because I feel like sharing that number. Yes. And I also yeah. felt like I've got I've got quite a lot of followers. Mm. And maybe if I say, look, take the time to do this. Yeah. You know, it took me 30 yeah. seconds to do it. Will that encourage other people? Yes, so yeah. I do know what you're saying. I don't have a problem with the people posting it, but I have other friends who are so angry because they feel like, well, we're virtue signaling is what they yeah. call it. Whereas, and also sometimes I just feel like we despise it in other people because it makes me feel, us feel bad. Because when we yeah. go, God, I been walking past a lot and looking upwards or going all these things we do because actually makes us go I'm not I'm vegan and mm. it gets such a negative reaction from some people because they instantly feel you're telling them off mm. <laughs> and you know you haven't said anything but they it's that as well don't you think like virtue signaling yeah. like, I was actually thinking mm. today it's so weird but I was thinking like yeah it can be a bit annoying sometimes but actually the end result of it can be like so you for yeah. example Sarah you've got loads of followers mm. Emma you've got loads of followers and by doing a bit of virtue signaling some of your followers might feel inspired to do something good and as long as the end yeah. result is that somebody gets Hell. Yeah. I love Who it. Who cares? Um, <laughs> yeah, Catherine Ryan always says she's yeah. like on being famous. Like I'm not, but you know, followers is, is mm. I guess a good thing. But she was saying that. Um, Loads of people would tweet, oh, I've just seen, I've just seen Catelyn Moran getting a sandwich at Tesco, mm. or oh, I've just seen Catelyn Moran like, in a pub. Yeah. And she was like, well, I'm going to use that as in, oh, I've just seen Catelyn Moran help an old, old lady down an escalator. Yeah. Or, oh, I've just seen Catelyn Moran give a £20 note to a homeless yeah. person. And she was like, that's one good thing, actually, about virtue signalling, like, in a way, is people are going to see you do it. Yeah. And they might go, oh, I should do it. Yeah. I like yeah. that she said that. And also, again, I think it's a shame. I think any politician in London should be utterly ashamed of themselves when people are sleeping right 
enough mm-hmm. and how much more it's got and I don't know anyone who isn't heartbroken by it yeah. like as in but they think we don't care because they don't see anything being done mm-hmm. and so I think that's the other thing if they go oh these things are trending or mm-hmm. people are discussed that's mm-hmm. I do think it's important and again yeah. like what we were saying earlier about the pray for hashtag mm-hmm. If you make it about the person who needs the help, so the vulnerable yeah. person as opposed to mm. about you, like if you're virtue signaling left, right, and centre mm. and looking like, you know, yeah. the holier than thou mm. person, do you think the homeless person getting the sandwich gives a shit no. about whether you virtue signal or no. not? If 10 mm. other people are then going to give them sandwiches yes. and help yeah. them out, they don't give a shit about whether you're showing off or not. I did, basically, one of my friends, she um, works, you know, she sings in the choir at St. Martin, so she works near Leicester Square a lot. She was talking a lot to a homeless man and she bought him a tent, which is really great, not virtue signalling. She bought a man a tent and then he died in it on New Year's Eve and he's 52. And she found out because his son was using the tent and she thought he'd stolen it. We did a gig, but we did a gig with homeless organisations because we did a Q&A in the middle. So, like, everyone has so many questions about what to do and yeah. we don't know. And these two charities basically said, you see, someone's sleeping rough report it there are beds for, for rough sleepers but they have to be but there's actual stuff and um and they and they didn't say don't give them money if you want to give them money give them money okay so sarah as you were saying yeah if you do see someone sleeping rough seeing as we've been talking about mm. it quite a lot and we've been talking mm. about giving people routes to take action yeah. rather than just talking about it um what they recommend at mungo's is that you go to either the street link website or you can actually go onto itunes or play store and download an app called the street link app um, and then you can let them know where a person is sleeping rough and they will go out and um, talk to them and mm. offer them some help. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So you pin it on the map, essentially. Yeah, they ask you a few questions and all that kind of stuff and then they, and they go around. Amazing. Well, I feel lighter. Yeah, me too. Okay, thank you so much, Thank Sarah. you so much. It's been yeah. so lovely really to chat to you. Thank um, you so much. Anything you got coming up, Sarah, that you want to talk about? I'm doing my show, Lads, 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 in um, the West End in January. And I've seen it at Edinburgh. It's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> they will be coming along to see you in January then. Sarah, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to that episode, episode six of Get It Off Your Breast. Time is going very quickly and we hope you've enjoyed the series so far. We really enjoyed that, got a bit deep in places, um, but also some light relief, obviously with Sarah being an amazing comedian. And if you want to rate and review us, we would love that. It helps so much people discover us in the iTunes charts. So please leave a little review and see you next week we will be joined by the amazing Monroe Bergdorf we actually will this time I know that we I think we mentioned it in the last episode but really excited to share that episode you won't want to miss it Hi I'm Daniel founder of Pretty Litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.